your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 287 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers obviously coming off of a tough, tough 2 to nothing loss at home against the New York Islanders last night. I thought this game was the Rangers for the taking. You know, overall, I thought the play was fairly even pretty much throughout this entire game, but I would argue that I thought the Rangers created a couple more uh, high-danger scoring opportunities, just scoring opportunities in general, whatever you want to call it, especially in the third period. This game was still a scoreless tie going into the third period. The Rangers got multiple odd man rushes. Artemi Panarin got a breakaway. Unfortunately, they just couldn't put the puck in the net, and part of that is the Rangers not being able to finish their scoring opportunities. That's something that's been a little bit of an issue so far this season, but part of that is Semyon Varlamov has been great for the Islanders, uh, specifically against the Rangers this season. He has now shut them out twice in each of the two games that he faced them, and he's faced 54 shots against the Rangers, has obviously stopped all 54 of those shots. You know, Varlamov, he's one of those guys that has kind of, uh, I think, been a little bit underappreciated throughout his career in the NHL. I don't think he's someone who's ever been elite, somebody who's been like a top five goalie year in and year out. I, I don't think he's been that good, but this is somebody who's routinely at least a better-than-average starting goalie in this league and has been for a very long time now. I mean, we're going on like 10, 12 years. Uh, somebody who's just very solid and has obviously uh, played very well for the Islanders this season and has given the Rangers fits. They just can't get the puck by him. And uh, obviously that's something that the Rangers are going to have to figure out going forward because there are still five more matchups between the Rangers and Islanders this season. As far as good news for the Rangers, I mean, Igor Shesterkin was just about as good as Varlamov. It's just a situation where the dam finally broke late in the third period that Pes I don't even want to say pesky because that implies that they're like this this speedy athletic line that gives you fits. But that whatever you want to call it, that fourth line for the Islanders, that darn fourth line for the Islanders comes up with both goals uh, about two minutes apart late in the third period there to uh, break a scoreless tie. And just very frustrating because the Rangers had their chances. They just couldn't put the puck away. Mika Zibanejad continues to struggle. He had some chances in this game, but, you know, we can talk about chances all we want. Sooner or later, the puck's got to go in the net. And, you know, early in the season... When we're looking at things like just uh, certain superstars on the Rangers who are struggling, we're looking at the power play that's struggling, you can take positives and say like, well, you know, they're close though. The power play is close. They they created a couple of good scoring opportunities. Mika Zibanejad's close. You know, he got close to putting the puck in the net a couple times. Chris Kreider's close. We can go on and on about all these guys that are close, but sooner or later, you know, what are we now? We are... 11 games into the season, sooner or later, you got to score some goals. And the Rangers have the firepower to do it. I mean, you look up and down this roster, there's a lot of guys capable of scoring, but this team right now sits at 24th in the league with 2.64 goals per game. You got to believe that's eventually going to get better, but it's got to happen sooner rather than later because every one of these games is huge. We talked about how tough the Eastern Division is, and the Rangers really can't afford to wait another five or 10 games for these superstars to really get going and start scoring some goals for this team. 
Uh, one of the biggest positives for the Rangers last night, though, was the continued improved play of Igor Shesterkin. And again, this is a situation where he got off to a tough start this season. I think we all pretty much kept the faith that eventually he was going to uh, round back into form here for this team. This was Igor Shesterkin's fourth straight start of allowing two goals or fewer, and he probably deserved a better fate last night. You know, he was really up to the task, and we've talked about this before as well, but he just plays with a certain calmness between the pipes that even as a fan, it kind of just makes you relax a little bit. Like, okay, Igor's got us. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, somebody was going to score sooner or later. The Rangers, like I said, they could not capitalize on their opportunities, especially in that third period. They had a couple of chances on odd man rushes to take the lead. It never happened. Unfortunately, uh, that Islander fourth line got the Rangers again, and they get goals from Casey Sezikis and Matt Martin. They scored just two minutes apart late in the third period. But I feel like we were kind of due for a game like this between the Rangers and Islanders. We had a couple of blowouts to start the season. Obviously, the Rangers basically just laid an egg on opening night. They lose to the Islanders 4-0 on that night. And then they bounce back, uh, I believe, two nights later with a big 5-0 shutout of the Islanders. So they were due to play a close game and probably a low-scoring game as well, one of those games where everything is tightly contested. And it's funny because we did a crossover episode with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. Gil does a great job with his show. Uh, but one of the things we talked about was, like, is this going to get back to being, you know, Rangers Islanders, where it's chippy and nasty. Maybe we even get a fight or two. And there was almost none of that last night. I mean, there's always going to be a little bit of that in any hockey game and certainly in any Ranger Islander game. But there weren't too many extracurriculars after the whistle. And honestly, I kind of like that. It just goes to show how important these points are. Everybody knows that this is a sprint to the finish line here, and there's no time to mess around with with fighting and trying to get somebody back for a hit that he gave you two years ago. Uh, you got to go out there and you got to find a way to get two points and, and lead your team into playoff positioning. Fourth place in the Eastern Conference was on the line in this game last night. It would have been fantastic if the Rangers would have won it, uh, even just for like a psychological edge. I mean, look, being in fourth place right now, you know, 10 or 11 games into the season, that doesn't obviously ensure you a playoff spot, but for the Rangers to come from where they were at 1-4-1 and and all the, the stuff with Tony D'Angelo and all the issues with the Stars not performing, and to now, this soon after a 1-4-1 start, be in fourth place in this ultra-tough Eastern Division, that would have been absolutely fantastic for the Rangers. Alas, it wasn't meant to be last night. Like we said, ran into another hot goalie, and this continues a trend that we've been seeing early this season. It's starting to drive me crazy, to be quite frank with you guys. Every single goalie that the Rangers go up against, whether he's somebody who's one of the better goalies in hockey, or whether he's a veteran, or whether he's a young guy, or whether he's completely unheralded and nobody's ever heard of this guy, every single goalie does not just have their A game against the Rangers, they have their A-plus game against the Rangers, and we saw that again last night with Semyon Varlamov, and I don't know that it's going to get much easier because we got two games against the Boston Bruins coming up. I assume we'll see Tuka Rask for at least one of those games. He's Tuka Rask. We all know what he brings to the table, and Yaroslav Halak, you know, one of the better backup goalies in the league. So the Rangers have their work cut out for them against the Bruins in general, but also uh, going up against two very good goalies, two uh, battle-tested goalies, and uh, the way it's gone this season, I, I really don't think we're going to see a situation where Rask and or Halak are off their game in these two matchups against the Boston Bruins. Although, you know what? Maybe the Rangers are due. Maybe uh, after playing all these goalies that have their A-plus game and just come out on fire, they're just brick walls. Maybe Tuka Rask just doesn't have it in this game on Wednesday. I feel like the Rangers are kind of owed that. I realize you got to make your own breaks and everything, but man, I don't know. I don't know that I can remember uh, a start to a season where the Rangers ran into this many hot goalies and this many goalies who basically just would not allow them to win the game, basically stole the game for the opposition. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. 
Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents, More Than the Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I'm going to go ahead and run through the line combos and defense pairings real quick here, and then we'll kind of go period by period and just talk about everything that happened in this game little by little. The line combos, defense pairings unchanged from the previous game, but just in case anybody hasn't been able to see this last couple of Ranger games or whatever it might be, uh, we'll just run through them real quick here. So you got Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich on the top line. Second line, Ryan Strom with Artemi Panarin and Capo Caco. Third line, Brett Howden centering Alexi Lafreniere and Philip DiGiuseppe. These guys had a really, really good night together. Uh, just really strong in the four check maintaining possession of the puck for long chunks of time in the Islanders zone. Unfortunately, did just about everything except score a goal. I thought I thought a goal was coming for this line, and unfortunately, it uh, just wasn't meant to be for these guys. But fourth line, uh, Kevin Rooney centering Brian Lemieux and Julian Gauthier. And then for the defense pairings, Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox. Also, Ke'Andre Miller and Jacob Truba. And then the third pairing, uh, Liber Hayek and Anthony Potato making their second and third starts of the season, respectively. Does not sound like Brennan Smith was going to be available for this game. Quinn indicated that earlier in the day. Uh, we'll see how the Rangers handle it if and when Brennan Smith is available. Obviously, Liber Hayek had a little bit of a hiccup late in this game. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, overall, I thought Hayek played well in this game. It was just that one uh, somewhat glaring mistake. And obviously, it becomes more of a glaring mistake uh, just the, by the simple fact that the Islanders converted on it and scored a goal and made it one nothing late in the third period there. But we'll talk about that in due time. Uh, as for the first period here, the Rangers got an early power play opportunity. For once, it was the opposition that took an offensive zone penalty early in the game and left itself shorthanded. But the Rangers got a uh, power play opportunity, did absolutely nothing with it. Uh, there were four, count them, four rink-long clears by the Islanders during this two-minute power play here. So one of the uh, weaker power play attempts that you will see by the Rangers or that we've seen so far this season. Just could not get anything set up here. And unfortunately, you know, I, I feel like coming into this game, you could say that the Ranger power play has sort of mastered the art of looking dangerous but not scoring. But even that wasn't the case here. I just didn't think the Ranger power play looked very good in this game at all. They got three different power play opportunities. They did not convert on either of them. And the first two, I mean, just absolutely nothing. The third one maybe was a little bit better, but uh, just no scoring opportunities to speak of here. But we talked about this Ranger third line and Philip Giuseppe making a play early in this game. He steals the puck uh, going into the Islanders zone, takes a quick shot. The save is made. Truba gets to the rebound. Big slap shot, just winded up and blasted it as he was coming toward the puck. Uh, but Varlamov makes the save there. Get used to hearing that. And then 
Back the other way, Anders Lee gets an opportunity for the Islanders, but Igor Shesterkin uh, with a nice left pad save there to keep the puck out. I thought there was a little bit of a feeling out process in this game for maybe the first seven or eight minutes, but the pace really picked up after that, and really it was just all gas, no breaks from that point on. We had another strong shift from the Lafreniere, Philip Giuseppe, Brett Howden line, and the question that's inevitably going to come up here as it pertains to Alexi Lafreniere is, should he be higher in the lineup? And it's a question that is probably going to linger. You know, when the game starts and you see that Alexi Lafreniere is out there with Brett Howden and Philip DiGiuseppe, uh, you don't necessarily get excited about it. You don't really feel good about his prospects of stuffing the score sheet, playing with those two guys. And listen, Phil DiGiuseppe's been fantastic this season. I've really, really been impressed by what I've seen from him. But mostly, uh, kind of a guy in the vein of Jesper Foss, a little bit of a defensive forward. I know DiGiuseppe was racking up assists like it was his job early in the season. Uh, he came up with, I think it was like four assists in his first four games, something like that. Uh, but you don't expect that to continue. And Brett Howden, you know, he's just kind of snake-bitten. But this line was really working hard. I thought a goal was coming for them. And with Lafreniere, there's definitely an option to move him up in the lineup if that's what you want to do. But the problem there is, who do you take out of the top six if you're going to move Alexi Lafreniere up? And we've talked about this as well. I don't like the idea of constantly changing Lafreniere's line mates and changing his position, moving him from the left wing on the third line to the right wing on the first line to the second line left wing and, and back and forth and up and down. I think for a player like Lafreniere, it just makes sense to have him get some continuity and get used to some of his teammates, even if it is going to be guys that you don't necessarily expect to light the lamp on a night-in and night-out basis And Philip DiGiuseppe and Brad Howden. Like I said, this line looked good to me, and uh, hopefully they can break through in the next game, maybe get a goal or two and, and get going a little bit because uh, Lafreniere could really use a goal. He's still just got that one overtime goal against Buffalo. Islanders got a two-on-one, and we've talked about how good uh, Adam Fox is at defending the two-on-one when he's the lone defenseman back, but Ryan Lindgren kind of took a page out of Adam Fox's book here. The Islanders kind of went for a give-and-go, and Lindgren broke up the second pass and basically just intercepted it and started moving the puck back the other way. Uh, the Rangers got a break into the zone. Panarin with a pass back to Keandre Miller at the blue line. Keandre Miller with a slap shot, a one-timer. It was gloved and held by Simeon Varlamov, so couple of chances each way, but nothing doing. Both goalies up to the task, and obviously a great play by Ryan Lindgren there, uh, breaking up the two-on-one. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long, dynasty, and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Second period starts, and the Islanders get what was probably their best scoring chance of the night up to this point. Uh, Jordan Eberle moves in up the left wing, gets around Adam Fox, shoots as he moves towards the net and hits the near post, and the puck just bounces away out of harm's way. 
Uh, but then the Rangers get a scoring opportunity. Some really good passing. Panarin dishes across the crease to Ryan Strom, but Varlamov moves quickly to his right to make the save. Again, Varlamov was on top of his game. There's only so many different ways I can say it. Uh, he was fantastic in this game and really one of the biggest difference makers in this contest. But then we get another uh, really impressive shift from Alexi Lafreniere, Philip DiGiuseppe, and Brett Howden. Like I said, these guys did just about everything but score in this game. They're really working hard to uh, maintain possession in the Islanders' zone, but they just can't finish. And that was just kind of the story of the night for the Rangers. Just could not finish their scoring opportunities. The Rangers get another power play, but they cannot convert. Mika Zibanejad got another decent chance on this. He's had some chances on the power play over these last few games. He just can't quite seem to put the puck in the net for whatever reason. But another nice left pad save from Simeon Varlamov. Like we said, it does not help that Simeon Varlamov had his A-plus games as it pertains to the Rangers' uh, inability to finish their scoring chances. You do have to tip your cap a little bit. Varlamov was very good. Uh, but Kreider got an opportunity for a stuff-in goal. There was a scramble in front of the Islander net. Varlamov eventually gets his glove on it. The puck is frozen. And because of Banajad, like we said, you know, the struggles just kind of continue here. Uh, only one point in his last eight games now. And that one point was actually an assist on Pavel Buchnevich's empty net goal uh, in this past game against the Capitals. So he's really been struggling. You know, it seems like he's close. That, that's what just drives you crazy as a fan right now because it seems like he's getting some chances in these games. For whatever reason, he's just a little bit off and just can't quite find that scoring touch. And something that we talked about not too long ago was the idea of breaking up Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, which the Rangers did for, I believe it was just a game. They actually flip-flopped Kreider and Lafreniere. So Lafreniere was on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, for whatever reason... The Kreider-Mika magic that we saw so often last year, it just hasn't been there so far this season. And they are two of the Rangers' best players. So if you're the Rangers, maybe the idea right now is you just kind of keep your fingers crossed that they eventually figure it out and you just leave them out there together. You figure that in due time, sooner or later, this is going to click the way it did last season. But right now, it just hasn't happened. And we kind of, on this show, when Kreider and Mika were both struggling we kind of toss out the idea of breaking them up, and the Rangers did indeed do that. But like I said, it was a very short-lived experiment, despite Kreider and Mika both looking pretty good in that game where they were broken up and Kreider was down on the third line. But as far as what to do with Mika and you know who his line mates are, the thing with the Rangers right now is, as far as the center position is concerned, Mika and Ryan Strom are your two top centers right now, and there's really nothing else you can do. You're not going to put Brett Howden into a top six role right now. You're not going to put Kevin Rooney into a top six role right now. And Philip Hedl is injured, which, as we talked about, is really, really unfortunate for Hedl because he was feeling it. He was white hot to start the season. And it's unfortunate for the Rangers because it just kind of handcuffs you and limits what you can do. I don't know if maybe going forward you just kind of say that, okay, the top line is now going to be Ryan Strom, Artemi Panarin, and Capo Kako. I mean, I don't think that really does anything, although maybe it takes some of the pressure off of the quote-unquote top line of Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, and Pavel Buchnevich because they're struggling right now. Even Buchnevich, you know, he's been quiet in his last few games. I know he had the empty netter against the Capitals, but after being hot to start the season, we haven't seen him uh, quite as engaged in these last couple of games as he had been earlier in the season. He, he's doing all right, you know, but again, you know, Buchnevich, the issue with him is he's been inconsistent throughout his career, and uh, we're kind of seeing that now. Of course, it does not help the Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad, his two line mates on most nights, are off to slow starts this season. But we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe you do what the Rangers did a few games ago and you flip-flop Kreider and Lafreniere and see if you can get that going. I know I talked about not wanting to move Lafreniere all over the lineup, but sooner or later, you got to start scoring some goals here. And unfortunately, that, that top Ranger line of Mika Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich just not finding the scoring touch right now. 
Game's still scoreless. We're about midway through the second period here, and Brock Nelson tips the puck away from the Rangers and out of the zone. And Jacob Truba really got smoked in a race to the loose puck here by Brock Nelson. So either Truba was just kind of gassed at the end of a long shift here, or Brock Nelson is faster than I realized. But either way, uh, Nelson got to the puck. Clean breakaway. Got right by Truba here. Shesterkin with a nice save on the breakaway. Uh, one of his most clutch saves of the night up to this point. And then the Rangers with another scoring opportunity. Philip DiGiuseppe, like we talked about, looked very good in this game. There was kind of a partial line change for the Rangers at this point. But he moves in up the right boards, passes to his left to Keandre Miller. Miller passes to his left to Julian Gauthier. Farlamov moves over, makes another save. And then Brett Howden was whistled for offside when Philip DiGiuseppe carried the puck over the blue line. Howden was clearly tripped on this play, which is why he was offside, because he was tripped to the ice and slid across the blue line. There wasn't much he could do there. Nothing was called. Uh, and then after the next faceoff, which was in the neutral zone, the Rangers, uh, with some really hard work to keep the puck in the Islanders zone, that, that same line, that third line for the Rangers, winning a couple board battles here. They eventually worked the puck to Philip DiGiuseppe. He takes a shot from the top of the left circle, and Varlamov with another glove save does not allow a rebound. And then we get one of our only dust-ups of the night. Uh, Rooney got involved with Komarov, and then and Brian Lemieux obviously stepped in there because that's just kind of what he does. But he kind of got mixed up with Pellick. No penalties or anything. Uh, nothing too crazy here. Just some pushing and shoving and grappling. Obviously, no punches thrown, no penalties issued or anything like that. And then just a fantastic play by Keandre Miller toward the end of the second period here. So Pajot takes a shot. The save is made by Shesterkin. But Pajot gets to his own rebound and he passes across the crease to his right. Brock Nelson is absolutely wide open. If this pass is completed, it's going to be a goal. I mean, you or me could have scored on this one if, if we're Brock Nelson and that puck gets over there. But Keandre Miller was just a fantastic play, moving back, intercepting the pass clean, and getting it out of harm's way. If Keandre Miller doesn't anticipate this, if he doesn't get into position, like we said, it's an easy pass completion, and Brock Nelson will never have an easier goal in his life. But just a fantastic play by Keandre Miller, who just continues to impress, and, and really an early season Rookie of the Year candidate. I realize there are rookies that probably have better offensive numbers than Keandre Miller, but he's somebody who his name is clearly going to be in the hat. We'll see uh, how this shakes out this season. If he indeed is, you know, a finalist or maybe even the winner of the Calder Trophy at the end of the season. We go to the third period, and I thought this was kind of an interesting early season stat here for the Rangers. This is only the second time all season that the Rangers have been tied heading into the third period, and the Rangers were 1-0 and in those games coming into this. Obviously, they are now 1-1, one and one. Uh, but Panarin, we talked about this a little bit in the intro, he got a breakaway opportunity moving in from the left side. Varlamov stoned him with a glove save, does not allow a rebound, but something that kind of gets lost in the shuffle here, fantastic play again by Keandre Miller. So he's got the puck basically right around the right face-off circle in the Rangers zone, maybe just outside of it, just in front of it. But he passes off the left boards to Artemi Panarin, and I got to say, Keandre Miller must have gotten an A in geometry because this was the perfect angle to keep the puck out of the reach of the Islanders, but also to have it bounce back far enough to kind of lead Panarin into the attacking zone. Panarin collected the puck in stride, went in, and like we said, uh, Varlamov just was fantastic on this night, and he stops Artemi Panarin here. You know, who knows what happens? Maybe if the Rangers get a goal there, they go on to win this game because at that point, if you're the Islanders, they play a very disciplined, very defensive style of hockey under Barry Trotz. That's kind of his calling card. Maybe the Islanders at this point have to kind of start pushing the pace a little bit and start taking chances that they typically don't take. Maybe that opens the door for another Ranger goal. You never know how these things can shake out, but unfortunately, Artemi Panarin uh, not able to beat Varlamov one-on-one -on -one there. And then another odd man break for the Rangers, a two-on-one. Zibanejad and Kreider move in. Zibanejad goes up the left wing, 
couple of quick moves on a strong drive to the net. I think the defenseman did a nice job taking away the pass options. So Zibanejad, rather than forcing a pass to Kreider, uh, moved in to just try to do it by himself. Uh, but Varlamov basically just squared up. Zibanejad stops the puck, does not give up a rebound. And then we get to the first goal of the evening. And I got to be honest, guys, I could kind of feel this one coming. As soon as I saw that puck basically move from out of the Ranger corner, just kind of sliding into the center of the ice toward the blue line and... Pellet gets control of the puck, throws it toward the net. You just kind of had a feeling of doom that, oh boy, that's going to cost us. As soon as you saw that puck moving toward the center of the ice, it, it felt kind of ominous. And when the play was happening live, I didn't even realize that it was Liber Hayek. It's unfortunate that he made this mistake because I think through his first two games with the team this season, Liber Hayek has played pretty well overall. He hasn't had as much ice time as you know any of the top four Ranger defensemen, but when he's been out there, I think overall he's played pretty well. He played pretty well in this game. There was an instance early in this game where Wallstrom was driving to the net, and Liber Hayek basically just bodied up, would not let him uh, get anywhere near Shesterkin and kind of force him behind the net. I mean, overall, like I said, I think Hayek has been good, but I don't know what this was. I mean, the puck is along the boards, and he kind of just throws a no-look pass, I guess, although I hesitate to even call it a pass because there were no Rangers anywhere near the spot on the ice where Hayek played this puck. So it, it's almost like it was like a, a clearing attempt pass hybrid here. And unfortunately, you know, I don't know, maybe Hayek just thought that he could get the puck out of the zone with a backhanded play there, but just an ill-advised play. And it goes right to Pellick at the blue line and Pellick Plays the puck on the net, and Casey Sezikis ends up stuffing home the rebound after a scramble. Martin also gets an assist on the play. I mean, there was it was just total chaos in front of the Ranger net. I imagine the puck at one time touched Martin's stick, and that's how he ends up with the primary assist on this play. But either way, uh, Sezikis puts it home, and the Islanders have a one nothing lead with just 8.45 to go in the game. And then just over two minutes later, Clutterbuck goes in on the forecheck. He gets the puck out of the corner, kind of just throws it in front of the Ranger net, and Martin is there to tip it home. He goes five-hole. It was a harmless-looking play, but you blink, and the puck is in the net, and just like that, it's a 2-0 Islander lead, and the Rangers kind of in dire straits at this point because they're obviously up against a solid defensive team and a hot goalie, and unfortunately, 2-0 was indeed the final. Rangers got a couple of chances down the stretch. Uh, Lafreniere from the left wing makes a great pass in front to Anthony Potato. That would have been wild if Potato ended up with two goals in two games, but the save is made. Philip Giuseppe got to the rebound. Another save is made. On the first one, Varlamov kicked out his left pad. On the second one, he kicked out his right pad. There was just no figuring out Simeon Varlamov on this night. And then Kako got a great opportunity as well. Artemi Panarin passes to his right to Capo Kako in the high slot. Kako takes a shot. Once again, it's turned away. The Rangers down 2 nothing. Pull Igor Shesterkin with a minute 13 left, and they actually get a 6-on-4 power play because the Islanders shot the puck over the boards to take a penalty, but unfortunately the Rangers still could not get the puck past Varlamov. They get shut out, they lose 2 to nothing, and that's the end of the game. I figure we can close with a couple of positives here. Uh, first of all, much better face-off night for the Rangers than we've seen all season. They won 61% of the draws in this game. I don't even have to check the stats. I can tell you guys right now, that is a season-best mark for the Rangers. Stroman and Zibanejad both had very good nights on the dot, so that's obviously very encouraging to see. David Quinn talked about this after the game. You're not going to win 61% of the faceoffs on every single night, but you got to find a way to be in every faceoff and, and compete and certainly do better than the Rangers have done thus far on faceoffs so far this season. And it's funny because coming into this game, I thought Alex Georgiev would probably end up being the Rangers starter just because he's going to need to get a start sooner or later eventually. And, and you figure if there's ever a game that could get him going, you put him out there against a team that he's owned in the Islanders. Uh, but that didn't happen. 
although I can't fault the Rangers for that. Igor Shesterkin has been hot lately. He was hot in this game as well. Really played well for the Rangers recently. But you just have to wonder, you know, is this kind of uh, the spot in the season where Igor Shesterkin is now the man? He is now the starting goalie. He is now the guy that's going to receive the vast majority of starts going forward. Is Georgiev now strictly a backup? Will he eventually get the hot hand? Will he eventually uh, enjoy another stretch this season where he's getting the majority of the starts? We'll just have to wait and see how it goes. But like we talked about earlier, after this game, Igor has now allowed two or fewer goals in four straight games. So he's feeling it right now, and uh, we'll just have to keep our eye on the goalie situation. It's going to be a very fascinating situation to track going forward here. But that's going to pretty much do it for today. And you guys let me know how you want me to do these post-game recaps because we can do like kind of how we did today where we go through every period little by little and I kind of just mix in thoughts along the way. Or I can come on here and just kind of give general thoughts and talk about developing storylines with the team. I try to do a little bit of a balance of both recapping and analysis with these post-game episodes. Last season, sometimes I thought we did a little too much play-by-play, you know, this happened, and then this happened, and then that happened. So you guys just let me know how you'd like me to kind of attack these post-game shows going forward. We can do a little bit of both. We can do a little bit of play-by-play uh, -play recap and a little bit of analysis and just general thoughts and, you know, obviously keeping an eye on developing storylines around this team going forward. But that will pretty much do it for today. The only other thing I wanted to mention here is that the AHL season is underway, and the Hartford Wolfpack claimed a 5-2 victory over the New York Islanders affiliate, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, in their first game on Sunday. And it was a really nice win for the Wolfpack because they were down two to nothing in this game. Uh, they make it two to one about midway through the second period, and then they just explode in the third period for four straight goals. So five unanswered goals to close out the, the game, and they win five to two in their opening game of the season against the Sound Tigers. So the Hartford Wolfpack now one and oh. Tarmo Runinen with the first Wolfpack goal of the season. He scored, like I said, about midway through the second period there. He also had an assist in the game. Other Wolfpack goals scored by Johnny Brzezinski. We saw him play one game with the Rangers this season. He's now on the Wolfpack. Uh, we also got a goal from Patrick Newell, Morgan Barron, and Will Cooley. So, again, five unanswered goals for the Wolfpack to close out the 5-2 to win against the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Obviously, a nice start to the season for the Hartford Wolfpack there. And Keith Kincaid, he was on the Ranger taxi squad to begin the season, but they want to get him some work, and obviously he's very firmly behind Igor Shosturkin and Alex Georgiev on the depth chart. So the only way to really get him work is to put him on the Wolf Pack right now. That's what the Rangers did. And he comes up with 25 saves on 27 shots. So a solid start to the AHL season for Keith Kincaid. It should also be noted that when the Rangers sent Keith Kincaid down to the AHL, they also called up another goalie, Adam Huska, to the taxi squad. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.